listening to The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. I'm your host, Troy, and don't forget to hit that notification bell so you stay updated with all of our latest episodes. Extremely humbled, honored right now to have comedian, one of the funniest Knicks comedians. I, I shared it on my Twitter. If you guys go to at the Knicks Recap, you can find it. One of the most hilarious Knicks comedians I've ever seen. Check out his comedy albums as well, too. For the love, L-O-V of crowd work and the worst birthday ever. Had me dying today. <laughs> Please help me welcome Leo Valentine to the show. What's going on, Lee? How you doing, brother? Thank you, Troy. I'm doing good, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, man. This is really dope. And I got to say, man, I'm honored because you the lineup you had, Bill Pito, Alan Hahn, uh, Anthony Donahue, and they're like just some random dude on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? So that's oh, man. It's an honor, man. You see, you see, this is what he does, man. He likes to, he likes to sell himself short. Trust me when he, I say he's just not no other dude, man. And you look into him like I've looked into him. You see the greatness. You see how funny he is. We're gonna, I'm sure we're going to hit a lot of topics that's going to make you laugh tonight. Um, but I want to mention as well, too, Lee has a show coming up at the uh, Broadway Comedy Club tonight, December 2nd at 7 p.m. You might, if you're lucky, you might be able to get tickets. But here's how you do it. You have to go on to uh, Leo Valentine's Twitter. That's at Leo Valentine. You see it on screen right here. You go there. You go hit his link tree up. And maybe if you pray, you'll find tickets. You'll get them. I try to tell him to hook me up. But he, he couldn't even hook me up with them because he, yeah, he, it's gone, you know. So please get your tickets. Watch this man live because if this is any indication, he's a, oh my God, he's just hilarious, man. Just one of the funniest guys on Twitter, bro. Especially if you love sports, you'll love him. Honest to God. And his Jets stuff, I'm a Jets fan too. His Jets stuff is hilarious as well. But we've been doing all right this season. But if I get into the Jets, it's going to be a five-hour show. So for sure. sure. All right. Believe it Uh, or not, I love the Jets more than I do the Knicks. So, oh man, that's a tough situation, man. Oh man, it's been hard. It's been a hard life. Let me just say that. (laughs) I feel you. I've been (laughs) been that same boat. Oh man, I've been living a hard life. And as a Knicks fan right now, you know, a lot of a lot of fans are now going if you know, kind of iffy on the team because in a way they're looking at last season, thinking to themselves, well, we kind of started off the same way, so we haven't really progressed. If anything, we either moved the same way or regressed. And that's what some people are talking about right now. And the game against the Bucks, I mean, heartbreaker, man. We lost 109 to 103, a game that we could have won down the stretch. Brunson missed some big shots. Uh, R.J. Barrett shot a shot with a hand in his face because he has no moves to go around the defender. So, I mean, whatever. You know, Lee, what, what are your thoughts on, on the Bucks versus Knicks game uh, last night? Tough night loss. Before. Tough loss last night. Here's the the one thing that I will say. Uh, Losing 109 to 103 is not that bad, considering Milwaukee went like something like six for 30 or whatever it was that they shot. They shot like 29% from three. 29% from three, yeah. Yeah. So we could have lost a lot worse. Let's just start there. We shot 20% from three. (laughs) But we can't shoot. That's always been the problem with this team since you know, since maybe Steve Novak was here, right? They, we haven't found a guy who can consistently put it in from three. So that's always been a problem, right? And we thought Quentin Grimes was going to be that guy. Maybe the foot injury kind of set him back a little bit, maybe finding his groove 
a little bit with the with the starters. You know, this is only what his third or fourth start. Yeah, uh, the starters. So and coming off injury. So hopefully we can get some some better quality shots and some you know some more mix because the, the games that we lose and yeah. we've lost a lot of close games, especially the last three right, is because we haven't either shot well from three-point range or we haven't hit all of our free throws. The free throws are better this year, but going like 13 for 20 last night, if you make three more of those free throws, you know, you're, you're, you've tied the game, right? And it was, it was a six-point lead, but, you know, after, with free throws and the fouling at the end of the game, that made the difference. But, you know, and Jalen misses a big free throw there. He also missed a technical free throw earlier. Uh, in the fourth quarter. So free throws and three-point percentage, man. And he, here's my problem with the Knicks right now. And and I'm 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 probably gonna be called the Homer, right? Because I still believe that they can win 40 games. I still believe that they can get some momentum, they can get on a hot streak, win some games maybe they're not expected to, and then you know, win 41, 42 games. I think it's still possible. But here's the problem that I have with the Knicks. Early on in the game, Julius makes a three-pointer. For whatever reason, it's just him and Jalen Brunson. There's no ball movement. There's no movement on offense. Guys are just standing around. You can see Obi in the corner standing there when he's in the game, for however little he's in the game. And then Cam Reddish, who's not even being used probably in my eyes, most talented guy on the team. You oh, yeah. got Julius shooting one for eight from three, not moving the ball. One pass and the shot is up. That's not basketball, right? And these guys are not being utilized to their strengths. So who do you blame? They're wide open, but they're not three-point shooters necessarily. And I think you mentioned this on the on the post-game show. It's like, it's no longer his birthday. So Julius is not going to shoot right. outstanding from three, right? So take better shots. Julius can drive to the basket. He's got the strength. He's got the speed. His handle is a little so-so, but he can get to the basket. That's his strength. And he can finish, unlike RJ, who can get to the basket but is having trouble finishing, right? And I know fans are all over RJ too. Oh, yeah. uh, and and I'm I I've known for very personally I wanted to I I thought Cam was better coming out of college, right? But RJ's on our team. You know, the one thing I will say is that he wants to be here and he works yeah. hard, right? And he's coachable and he doesn't do anything stupid, right? And he's gonna play hard. Right. He's he's limited by, like you said, his bag. But the one thing I will say is that he's going to play hard and he loves being here. Right. And that's all we can ask for. And yeah. he's still 22 years old. I hate to use that as an excuse, but yeah. hopefully he will get better. Right. And he will learn how to finish. He's not if sometimes he forces too much, but, yeah. you know, he'll get better at that. Right. Those are things that are fixable. So. Last night's game was a terrible game, but we've been having the same problems, but we're not utilizing our strength. And I'm not even sure who it is to blame because we can nitpick all we want about, you know, turnovers and bad passes in the fourth quarter. Like, you know, uh, a couple of times RJ was trying to pass to Randall underneath. One got stolen. One was a throwaway, you know, so yeah. these are problems that they have. But I think, again, they'll they'll be better for it. Here's the thing, though. See, for me, it always starts with positioning, right? Because at the end of the day, like you said, you got to be put in the positions to win or put in the positions where you can succeed, right? I agree with you 100%. Cam Reddish, first of all, uh, tell me how this even makes sense. 
he earned himself, in my opinion, that starting position when Grimes is out. I don't care what you want to say. He's, he's earned it. When As Grimes has started, we, we still have a losing record. It's not like Grimes has helped us. And I think it's early. He's still getting his feet uh, you know, underneath him because he just got out of injury. But Cam Reddish showed throughout the season why he should start. He's earned that starting position. His length and the way he gets into the passing lane has been incredible. It's the reason he's gotten so many steals or so many deflections. As a coach, you're seeing that. And you're going against the Milwaukee Bucks team. And you're seeing Drew Holiday eat Grimes alive. As best as he wants to try to guard him, that's, that's freaking Drew Holiday, man. He's a former All-Star. That's the Milwaukee Bucks team that won a championship. Let's not get it twisted who this team was. I put it on the coach. Because at the end of the day, look, you can have the players out there as much as you want to. But if I'm playing Julius Randle, who, like you said, is shooting dog shit from three, why am I keeping him in there? I got to pull him at some point. I got to put somebody else in there. And I'm playing my rook. I got to call him a rook because he's basically playing rookie minutes. 14 minutes, 15 minutes a night. He's averaging his third year, Lee, 18 minutes. How do you how do you even judge talent in that amount of time? Well, here's the problem with that, right? Obi's only playing 14 to 18 minutes, but is he actually earning those minutes when he's in there? We've seen what he can do when Julius Randle is not around. But also, too, we've seen him when he's at his worst, right? And I love Obi Toppin. He's dynamic. He can jump out the gym. You know, he's he hustles. He runs the floor extremely well. I think he plays better with Derrick Rose personally, right? And maybe Emmanuel quickly sometimes. And utilization is the problem, right? Yeah. You can't have Obi shooting, you know, more 60% of his shots from three. That just doesn't make any sense. He's not seeing Novak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't see how, and, and again, I like Tibbs as a coach, right? And I said I was going to be called a homer for this. Mm. I like Tibbs as the coach. I like the team as presently constructed only because I've never seen a situation where we have all our young guys that we've drafted. We have several draft picks in the future, right? So I think we're still in the rebuild and we might be as fans asking for too much, right? And I would hate to go the other way where we just lose every game because then we'll lose interest, right? Nobody wants to see a ton of losing. I mean, we're not winning very much now, but at least it's competitive, <laughs> right? We don't want to see. Well, that last game was, but to be honest, though, and I got to say it, I mean, yeah, some of the games were competitive, but they, I've, I've called them quarter collapses, Lee. What I mean by that is we score less than 20 and the other scheme scores more than 30. 30 and that's yeah. happened on a number of occasions. Yeah. That's not fun basketball to watch. Correct. That's Correct. not fun. So, I mean, and I got to put that on the coach because those are, if you're watching the, your squad out there collapse, you as a coach have to say, okay, I have to make an adjustment to this lineup to stop the bleeding. That's what other coaches do. Why can Nick Nurse use R.J. Barrett better than Tom Thibodeau can? Yeah. That's yeah, a, I, I, you, you look at that, and, and here's there's one last point before I let you go. Yeah, yeah, sure. Their three-point percentage, right, their shooting is the worst in the NBA. The worst in the NBA. They they defend the the three point line. I think fifth or sixth best, uh, worst in the NBA. And that's a defensive minded coach you have who wants to defend the paint, but's forgotten that the modern NBA is all shooting about yeah, threes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But what you what you risk is now you got guys trying to defend the three point line and getting blown by, and you got a guy in Mitch Robinson who's prone to fouling. 
right? So you put a lot of pressure on him, and then you come in with Isaiah Hartenstein, who can't jump over a broomstick, right? And now he's 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 trying to defend the rim. So it's is it scheme or is it the guys aren't because we've seen some stretches where the Knicks play really really good defense, right? So is it scheme or is it effort in the players, right? Because we know Tom Thibodeau has, you know, has one defensive, has one, is a great defensive mind, so to speak, right? And he's won coach of the year a couple of times, right? So we know his plan works, modern NBA, but is it the players, right? Because we've seen Julius Randle give maximum effort all the time on defense at certain points in, in certain games, right? And we know that yeah. effort, right? It's very, very. Specific. I like. I had to break it down. <laughs> to break it down. To break it down. To break it down. <laughs> We've seen him at his best in the Denver game at the end of the game, right? But also, too, a lot of and and I I want, I hate to defend Julius Randle because he drives me crazy. Yeah. Here's the thing, with the offensive energy that he has to put out for most games, I can understand, although. I don't like it, but I can understand, excuse me, when he takes breaks on defense. You understand what I'm saying? Because the the expenditure on the other side of the ball is so much, although it hasn't had to be that much this year, but he has to expend so much energy to get off his shots and he rebounds well too, right? That I can understand him trying or having to take certain plays off, right? It doesn't sound good even coming out of my mouth right now. But I've I've made I've kind of made amends with you know I, I've thought about it and I'm like yeah he maybe he does have to take a couple of defensive plays off. Here's the crazy part about Julius Randle, right? Here's my thing about the thing that I I I'll just never be able to get behind, right? Because everything you said is true, and I can agree on a lot of that, right? And here's a, a crazy scary stat that if you, if I told you it, and then I told you the behind the scenes of it, how crazy it is in rebounding, we're third overall in the league. Right. Forty six point five. That's where we are in the league. Right. Scary, scary stat because it doesn't tell the whole story. That's great and all right. Defensive rebounding. We're one of the worst in the league. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably offensive rebound where rebounding we're best at. Right. Especially because of Mitch. Right. right. And that's what I'm saying. The thing is, with your power forwards, with your big guys, you want to rebound more. Julius Randle. You know how it's like when the ball kind of floats your way and you pick it up and then you walk it up the court? That's what Julius, that's the rebounds he gets. There are effort rebounds and then there's like, oh, the ball, this is here. It hit the rim. Oh, it's my hands now. There are differences. Now, sometimes, and it drives me crazy because he can do it every game. Like you said, you saw it against Denver. You saw it against Utah. He can play defense very good, but he just chooses when he wants to do it because it's never consistent. And that's the problem with Julius Randle. It's just consistency. If he gave me that effort every single night, nobody in Nick Land would care. And that's why everybody's been getting at the team. It's not about losing. It's how you're losing. Right. We're losing quarters. We're losing leads. We're winning these games. Like the Hawks game, we had it sewed up. Yeah. And we let it all go in the second half. It's yeah. those things that drive everybody, drive me nuts. For sure. Know? For sure. And, and you, everybody's to blame. Let's just say that, right? Because if you see, if you've got a five point lead at the half or a two point lead at the half, and then, you know, you're down 15 and you're still sticking with the starters for the third quarter, that's a coach issue, right? right? But it's also an effort issue on the players because we as fans are always like, 
every third quarter after halftime, we're like, oh, no, let's not lose this lead again. Right. <laughs> so there's something. It, how can we, at me, with the untrained eye, understand that, but the players don't, right? Or the coach who's there in, in person doesn't see that. And he can just pull whoever's not playing well. And that goes to accountability, too. So there's so many problems with this team. But yeah. I think the effort is the most frustrating thing. Um, you know, RJ sometimes doesn't shoot well. Julius sometimes doesn't shoot well. And I got to give Julius credit, too. He's taken a backseat to, um, to Jalen Brunson, which is commendable, right? He's still getting up his shots, but... I was going to say, yeah, I mean, like, it's a little backseat. I mean, he kind of jumps... I think he jumps back into the front seat a little bit and then goes backseat sometimes. Like, you yeah. know, he car hops a little bit. But I, I, I agree. I think he has slowed it down a little bit. He's... He's definitely relegated a lot to Brunson. He's he's passed him the ball a lot, especially down the stretch. So I will give you that. Yeah. yeah. Well, look in the fourth quarter last night, right? He bought he bought the ball up court and then passed it to Jalen, or he got it from from RJ and then passed it to Jalen, right? So he understands that it's Jalen's team, and I think that's big of him, right? Because for so many for the last three two or three years, he was the guy, you right. know, and he's comfortable. We've seen it. He's comfortable with giving the ball up to, to uh, Jalen Brunson and not being the, the the guy, so to speak. What do you think about the nickname, the mid-three, as they've been called uh, lately? I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, it's true. Really? It's okay. true. I, I love it. It's true because none of them are stars, right? And, you know, they play like, you know, they're mid-tier basketball players. They're all good basketball players in their own right. Uh, together, it's a little clumsy. But, um, you know, and I like making fun of the team more than anyone. So I think it was creative. I think it's fucking hilarious. And I'm sorry, I don't know, know if I'm supposed oh, to. Oh, sure, you absolutely can. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's I, – I love the name, man. Knicks, the Knicks fans are very creative, man. I love the community. You know, everybody's having a good time. And I love the bickering and the arguing because that means that we care, right? That's fascinating. And, it's weird because we all want the same thing, right? So just we're arguing. <laughs> we just want to win, right? So we're arguing about the same thing, and there's Twitter wars everywhere, and I'm just a passenger, you know what I'm saying? I catch up sometimes. Yeah. It's like a soap opera for me, you know what I'm saying? And, and, but we all want the same thing, man, and that's to win. And, and everybody has their different ways of how they think we can win, and I think it's, I think it's great as a community, but... The mid three is is great, man. And I saw somebody created a graphic. I think it was Jay Nicky or somebody oh, yeah. like Shout that. Shout out to Jay Nicky. It was it was great, man. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's great. What do you uh so we talked about RJ Barrett. You 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 mentioned him a little bit. He had a good game against the Bucks. He's uh you know, he was sick for a little bit, came back from the sickness. He seems like he gotten better since then, and you know, he's been a little bit more efficient these last few games, but absolutely overall, I mean, if you look at the season just on average, it's probably been his worst start to any season even from his rookie year. And that's alarming to look at as a Knicks, you know, fan who's, you know, we just saw us give him 107 million guarantee, 120 million with incentives. I'm not saying the money matters in that regard, but I think when you get that type of, <laughs> I was going to say, I think, but well, I was going to say in, in terms of when you get that type of money, I'm not saying that, you know, the money speaks for itself, but I'm saying that now I can't give you the excuse as a rookie. I'm not giving you the, Oh, well you have, he's a slow starter. I got to expect it from Mark. No, man. I don't want to see you start slow anymore. You just got 107 million, bro. Like, yeah. So, go ahead. Yeah. I, I get 
here's the frustration with fans too, is that now you got to pay $32 for a Pepsi, right? So when you go to a game, you yeah. if you're going to pay $32 for a Pepsi, right, you want yeah. RJ to put, you know, put up buckets. That's but facts, yeah. in all seriousness, though, yeah, the money could be the pressure on him. And I'm not cutting him any excuses, right? We know that he's not the most athletic. I've been calling him un- below the rim mamba for three years now. You know what I'm saying? And we know he's not athletic. His handle is not the best. Uh, but he works. But here's the most frustrating thing for fans, I think, is that there were some fans who want him to be the savior, and they talked about him, Star J, and all of these things. And the fans who were aware that he that he's not a star yet are starting to say, look, this guy that you bigged up this whole time, who you thought is so great, is not what it seems. And I've been trying. So that's kind of where the disconnect and the expectations come from. It's from fans who were starving for a guy to be the star. He's right. drafted at number three. He's the first guy to get a, con- a second contract since Charlie Ward, right? So we want him to be the guy, but he's just he just may not be that player, right? And he is showing improvement because his numbers have improved over the course of four years. He's just not right. where we want him to be. So I think we got to be patient wait for him to develop. It's it's almost cliche, right? He's still 22. We need to give him some time. Is his jumper going to get better? Probably not. Maybe it is. We don't know. Is his handle going to get better? Who knows? He's not going to be able to jump higher, but I think there's certain things that he can change within his game, maybe not forcing shots, maybe going up stronger and drawing the foul and not trying to shy away and still look for the foul. I think that's his main thing right now is go up strong and get the foul. Don't wait for them to call it on you because they're not they haven't been calling it for him. So he's not getting the star treatment. So I That's think right. it's it's fans expectations because he is getting better incrementally, but he is getting better. And we're we're crazy about efficiency. So if he goes, you know, 6 for 22, but he scores 19 points. Yeah, the numbers look good, but you know, there's 12 shots in there that he missed at the rim. And we may have lost by four or may have lost by six or in those third quarters when we're we're losing by 12. Right. The other team is scoring 32. We're scoring 20. He might have missed six shots within that quarter. So I think those things make it look worse than it might actually be. So I'll put you on the spot here, then. Do you still think that R.J. Barry can be an all star? No. And uh, next question. (laughs) God damn, Lee. All right. You know, I hope he can, because that just means that the team is better, right? That just means that he's playing at a level where the team is is gelling, we're winning games, right? Because that has a little bit to do with it, the record. But I think he can be better. I think there's so many other players who are further ahead than he is, and that's okay, right? Maybe in a few years he can win an all-star when maybe some of the older guys are out the league or something like that. And maybe the new guys aren't ready to, to be all-stars yet. But, you know, it also is, is magnified. His, his play is magnified by the fact that he was picked in the same draft as Ja, uh, Garland, you know, Zion, who really, you know, has been hurt for most of the, his career. But that's the reason why there's a microscope on him, because he was picked third and all of these guys are excelling. Right. And he's just not there yet. And I think that's OK. 
Um, but again, to answer your question in long form, I think he can make an all-star team. It's going to be a while, though. R.J. Barrett, um, I think if he adds, <clears throat> excuse me, I think if he adds a mid-range to his game, his world opens up because the closer you get to the bat, it's weird that he misses as he gets closer. But because yeah. <laughs> Clyde did call that out actually on, yeah, the, on the broadcast, but he started but, the game with a midi though. Right, right. So I'm saying like I, I think, and he's so he's strong. Man. He's underrated for his strength, man. Yeah. Especially when he's in that paint. If, if he can have a couple of different moves in the paint, like if he hesitated a couple of times or passed it out or you know something, anything besides just throwing it up into the glass. Like, I know you're going to do it every single time and not even yeah. try to go through the defender, but go around them, you know, like right. around them every yeah, single. That's, that's what I meant. Like, yeah. go up strong to the basket. Stop trying to go around, yeah. you know, and maybe you'll get some of those foul calls. But I did hear RJ say one time that he just throws it up there sometimes because he knows Mitch is there and he can get an offensive rebound. Right. So that con that is kind of intentional. It didn't really make sense to me, but I think he does yeah. that with some intention with the hopes that, you know, Mitch will get the offensive rebound or he almost uses it as a pass, which is really frustrating. Yeah, it's, it's really weird, because, again, if you don't even have it, you don't think you have it. You probably shouldn't do it. Yeah. Just like with the shot last night, personally, for me, again, if you don't think you have it. And a lot of people killed me for it because they thought, well, he was so good offensively, one of the most, you know, efficient players yesterday. Yeah, I get that. But, you know, and we're playing him $100 million. I get that. But the best player on the Knicks right now is Jalen Brunson. I don't care how inefficient he was last night. I still gave him the ball. Because at the end of the day, I would have I would have lived or died by that potential all-star. Because if any Nick right now you can make the case for, he's the only one you can make the case for. Uh, he could actually be an all-star. An all-star, yeah. Yeah, he's playing at an all-star level for sure. Uh, here's another thing I will say about RJ. Um, maybe he's hurt and he's not letting on. Uh, maybe there's some ailment that he has uh, that he's not talking about because he wants to play through it and he, he is tough. I mean, he did play through uh, the sickness, so maybe there's something that's ailing him. Um, he feels good on certain days. And that, that's just me making a, an excuse. I'm not sure, uh, but that could be some of the reason why he is questionable when he's going up to the basket. Some people mentioned that Julius Randle is a hindrance to the team. I have one person on Twitter that follows me, um, and he's always in the spaces as well, too. Loves Julius Randle. Hellacious fan. Even on his bad nights, can't that, find a reason. Rock Diaz? Oh, but you know who it is, man. I didn't want to mention the name, but you know who it is. I love Rock. I think they, like you said, in, in, in my spaces, when I call spaces, I love that. I love it because he loves Julius Randle so much to the point where he can't see negative. And it helps anybody who's listening see both sides. They can see the passion. It's still passion at the end of the day. That's why I, I, I love his takes. At the end of the day, it's still passion. Whether I hellaciously agree or disagree with him is completely different. But he doesn't believe that Julius Randle is a hindrance. And anything, he says that he's the best. He could, Anything, he could be the best player on the team, right? He helps this team more than hurts this team. And his offensive game is, you know, better than R.J. Barrett. So as of right now, he's not the biggest weight on the team. What is your thoughts on Julius Randle? And would you want to move him at this point or before trade deadline? I think you need good players at every position and depth helps. So having a player who can score 20 points is always a good thing. It's not always efficient, but he is one of the better offensive players on this team right now, the way it's presently constructed. Very frustrating 
my problem with Julius Randle is shot selection, right? You have the strength, go to the basket. There's no need for you. I'll say this. In the the weird season, the COVID season, he was magic on that right baseline. That was his spot. Don't see that too often. Um, he doesn't go to that midi right baseline turnaround jumper that he used to shoot or just, you know, even if he was holding the ball in the corner, you knew that he was probably going to hit that shot, right? We haven't seen that. He's shooting from all over the place, and it's kind of weird, the timing. Again, yeah. there's no movement on offense. Those are the things that frustrate me about Julius Randle. Can he be an effective player? And that's why I brought up also him kind of seeding uh, to Jalen Brunson, because if there was another person who might have come in with star power, he would kind of give in to them as well, right? And I think he would be okay. So he's okay as a third option, potentially. There is a place on this team for him. Um, but if we can get somebody for him who's above average, maybe a little bit better than Jalen Brunson, of course you would do that in a heartbeat. Um, but you need good players on the team. That's just it. you know. And, and I think he's a good piece for right now. Everybody's tradable, except for Brunson. I think everybody's tradable on this team. Nobody should be untouchable. Um, if you can get a star quality player, of course you do it. But right now, I don't think any of that is going to happen. So you deal with what you got and you hope these guys play well enough to win. You know, it's funny that you say that, you know, you kind of try to get these star players because really the recent reports that have come out lately is that that's essentially what the Knicks are doing. They're continuing to stockpile assets for that next either disgruntled star or the next star that becomes available. Now, uh, sure, you've been a Knicks fan almost probably longer than I have, maybe. We've heard this story probably every so often every year. We definitely heard it last year and a year before that. I feel like, again, it's it's great to have assets because I was also part of the Isaiah Thomas years where we had no draft picks forever. Right. So I, I love having my draft picks, you know, and I love that we keep collecting them. That's great. But the story still remains the same. You sold me on that story last year. I followed you, and here I am. So you're trying to sell the fan base again on that. I don't know if it's going to stick as well this time around. Here's one thing that I know about this regime. Hasn't been too many leaks. You knew about Jalen Brunson maybe the moment Leon Rose was hired, right? I don't believe any of those reports because it's just people fishing for things. There, there haven't been many leaks from the front office. They don't tip their hand. They don't tell anybody what they're doing. They have a plan. And the plan is to develop the guys that you have. If an opportunity becomes available, then you try to attack it. Leon Rose, first of all, wasn't brought here to make trades with teams that don't want to trade with him. That just doesn't make any sense. He was brought here to, to for guys who are coming up who are free agents. Those guys he should be able to get, like Jalen Brunson, if there's anybody else becoming available as a free agent who he may have been an agent for previously. Those are the guys that we're looking to attract, right? I don't, he can't make Danny Ainge trade with him. He can't make these guys trade with him. And again, I'm going to, I'm sounding like a homer, but I, it's, it's frustrating to me. Some of the things that I hear, you know, and again, these guys are just fishing for reports. Everybody wants a star. Everybody yeah. wants that next guy. You do what you can to get in the position 
to get that next guy. Donnie Walsh did it, right, when he was here. He yeah. made the cupboard bare to try to bring in uh, LeBron James, right? You know, So you need those. It's just good to have guys that you can develop and also um, draft picks, right? Because, again, like you said, I've been a fan almost 40 years, and it's something I've never seen before us at this point, even though we're mid, right, like the kids like to say, but we've never been in this position before, you know, so I'd like to see this thing, how it plays out. We had a chance with Donovan, didn't happen. But again, so to your point, I don't believe those reports. I, I just don't. Because of course they're trying to do that. Everyone's trying to do that. You know, everyone's <laughs> right. trying to get get their draft picks. You know, stockpile their draft picks, and everyone's trying to get that star. You either develop him, you draft, you either draft and develop, or you trade for one. So that re- those reports don't mean anything to me. It's it's um. Listen, I don't. It's always a story because you you always hear the rumblings in the back, and I've I've heard them all off season. I've heard some during the season because Fournier's name always comes up just because he's sitting on the bench making all that money, not doing anything. Uh, people are talking about his value as well, too, because they're saying you got to play him to get his value up so you can trade him. But then people are saying, well, you kind of know what he's doing. Um, just your quick points. Fournier's been benched, right? He's getting all this money sitting on the bench. Uh, do you? What do you think about Fournier's role on this team at this point? And would you want to see him move at this point? Yeah, uh, of course. Um, he's a good, decent player. I, I didn't like the signing um, when it first happened, but and and I'm not really big on him hitting all of those threes last year because, you know, whatever. It didn't equate to winning basketball games, right? Um, he did develop a, later in the year. He did develop some chemistry with Julius Randle, right? So that I liked. And Julius Randle hasn't found that guy. I think it's going to be, I'm hoping that it's Grimes that he finds that chemistry with. But on these games where where we're shooting 20% from three, uh, maybe, and and it's kind of, it it would be, if I was a player and he's, and I haven't played for four games and Thibodeau's like, all right, get in there and try to help bring us back. That would be hurtful to me as a player. Right. So I would imagine that's why he's not playing. But in some of these games, it would be nice to see him come off the bench, play a couple of minutes and maybe get hot. Right. And maybe he'll keep us in some games and maybe that he'll help us win some of those games where we're shooting terribly from three or maybe not. But I think if you can trade him, absolutely. Uh, But since he's here, we do need some three point shooting. That's evident. Yeah. Maybe give him a couple minutes, and I don't know whose minutes you take away from. Maybe Grimes. You know, some say he's the best defender on our team, so we'll lose a little bit of defense. But he has that chemistry with Julius. Julius likes finding him. You know, he can get to the open spot. He moves well without the ball. He can create his own shot. There could be a role on this team for him, you know, and, and especially when we're losing, you know, and not shooting well from three-point range. You know, it's funny that a lot of team, a lot of Nick fans right now are saying Grimes versus Reddish, and it's never really been a versus thing for me. It's always been, you know, who fits better, because that's really what it's about winning. I've always cared about the team winning. That's why I've always called it like I saw it with every single player. I can criticize Barrett, Randall, you know, the coach. I can criticize Grimes because I call it like I see it. They have a good game. I I love it. That means the Knicks are doing well. They yeah. don't. I'm gonna hate it because that means the Knicks are not gonna be doing well. So. 
when I see Reddish not playing, when I know what he can do defensively in a Bucks game that's very, very close, and we're seeing Grimes getting cooked, I think to myself, well, Reddish probably makes more sense here. In your opinion, who do you think is the better fit with this starting unit? Is it Reddish or is it Grimes? Uh, most people are not going to like this, but I think both of them should be starting. Um, he, he, but I, I do understand that Cam coming in with the second unit may get him more offensive opportunities. Um, it, it gets him out on the break a little bit more. I think I like Grimes' ability to shoot the three. Um, I like Grimes, who, when he's cutting to the... Both of these guys move without the ball well, right? You can see them slashing to the basket. You see Grimes a lot of times cut to the basket, dump it off to Mitch. Those yeah. are all great things, right? But to have Cam Reddish just standing in, and maybe this is a coaching issue, have Cam Reddish standing in the corner while Julius Randle, you know, is dribbling time off the clock or Jalen Brunson is boogieing and maybe not looking to outlet is kind of a waste for him. So personally, I, I, I love Cam Reddish. I would love to see him be able to do more. And I think he can do more in this, in you know, with the second team. But uh, if it was my decision, I would have both Grimes and Reddish starting. So then, if you have them two starting, you know, my next question is, what is your starting lineup then? It would be uh, Jalen, Grimes, Reddish, Randall, and Mitch. You know, it's funny. I posted a graphic about what, four days ago, and that was the lineup on the graphic and I posted it only because I said I didn't say start the lineup but I said imagine what that lineup could do defensively defensively yeah because yeah. I think they would be monstrous I think Grimes yeah, you lose, yeah go ahead. you lose so much you lose so much more when you have those two guys in at the same time right you lose so much more when the second team comes in Quickly's defense has been much better this year he was an okay defender last year. He's been much better on ball, right? But yeah. what do you have coming off the bench, right? And then offensively, it becomes a little bit difficult. for the, So I, I kind of get why it hasn't happened or it, it's not going to happen because you lose so much with the second team if you have Cam Reddish in the starting lineup along with Grimes at the same time. You lose entirely too much. So uh, I think uh, because you said that, you know, this is kind of your guy in a way, we might clash a little bit on this. But listen, man, Tom Thibodeau, he ain't the coach for this team. Lee, he ain't the coach for this team. He That's cannot fair. use, he can't use the depth. We have so much depth. And he keeps saying the word, I used to love situational. Because you know what that meant for me? Situational that meant that when we played... Play. Right. Because <laughs> situational for me, but when I play in the Warriors, maybe I'll see uh, Cam Reddish get like 38 minutes because he, that's the team you want to see him play against because a bigger lineup against that team makes a lot of sense. Not situational means if Reddish maybe goes down in five games from now or 50 games from now that you'll see, you know, McBride play 25 minutes, maybe, you know, or you'll see Obi Toppin crack 20 minutes a game. Yeah. The amount of things that I could point at that Tom Thibodeau, and, I, and I'm not, remember, I'm not even mentioning a player, right? I can only have to mention, they don't have to have any names. You know, player 30 in the corner over there shooting a three, misses 10 times. As a coach, what do you do? 
keep him in or let him stay there. Oh, and by the way, his defense is, isn't that great either, though, by the way. But, yeah, let's just keep him in there and let Obi Toppin play 15 minutes or this other guy off the bench, excuse me, play 15 minutes, yeah. do a couple of things, make a three, and then get pulled because he missed the defensive assignment on the other end. Meanwhile, the guy you put in for him misses five more defensive assignments but still manages to miss four more shots and still stay in the game. It doesn't make sense to me. You can defend him to the letter, bro. I'll tell you right now, there's no defense for me for Thibodeau. He has lost the locker room, in my opinion, because to your point, right, how do you explain what's been happening? Is it effort? Is it the coach? When you have so many questions and there's no answer, something needs to change. Yeah, And a voice is not there that they're listening to on a consistent basis. That's why the defense isn't consistent. That's why the offense isn't consistent. That's why the team play isn't consistent. One man, yeah, Tom Thibodeau. No, that's fair. If, you, if you're not getting what it is that you want out of the team, you're going to blame the guy in charge, right? That's just, that's the case with any business, right? Blame the guy in charge, the one who's supposed to be leading and the one who's supposed to be succeeding. Here's the problem is that, who do you replace him with? Johnny Bryant. I pick Johnny Bryant right now, just because I feel like he has a better a better uh, connection with the young guys, and I feel like he'll play them better. Just my opinion. I don't know that for sure because he hasn't done anything yet. He has Correct. no experience. That's so point. I understand that, and I get that. However, however, given the relationships and what's been spoken about about him, how high players have spoken about him, I feel like he will have a great presence. Now, you can come back at me and say, well, David Fisdale also had a great connection with players. Look the hell he did. So I get that. Polition, you know, data is great and Polition's basketball is all good too, right? I get it. (laughs) I was there for it, man. But I feel like this is not a David Fisdale and Johnny Bryant. I feel like the connection he has, as well as working with these players individually, and you see how all the players feel around them. They go talk to them, especially RJ Barrett. I feel like a different voice in that locker room as a leader would be different. I feel like he's the guy because he has relationships already. Personally, I'll take it. I'll take it one step further. Um, I'm not sold on Johnny Bryant because I'm not sure what he has done and what do I know, right? Um, Having a good rapport with the players is great. The the kids and everyone says they love Tom Tom Thibodeau, right? They don't say you don't hear them making disparaging remarks. Again, there's not things coming out in the media. Uh, from, you know, anonymous sources about the coach. So they like him and they play hard for him, right? And and the game plans for the most part work because when they're up at t- up 26 in the first half, nobody's complaining, no, right? It's no. just things, things, certain things happen and, and certain things pay, take place like guys missing layups or guys shooting air balls from three or guys missing defensive assignments. Those things are what causes the teams to to lose that 26-point lead and for them to lose the games, right? So, again, is it player, is it coach? I don't know. I I don't know if you're going to get the game planning or the preparation with a Johnny Bryant. Who knows? We don't know that for sure. But I'm open to it, right? I just want the team to win. So whatever these guys up top think, I think they should do. But here's the thing I, I will say. Having an offensive-minded coach paired with what Tom Thibodeau does would be an amazing adjustment, right? Let's see that first. And if that fails, if we get an offensive coach to, to coach with Tibbs, 
And if that fails, okay, then I'm okay with fine. But you haven't emptied the cupboard on ideas of things to fix this team, right? Give them an offensive-minded coach so that you don't have guys just standing around watching one guy dribble for 15 seconds and then take, you know, and Jalen Brunson has been great. He gets into the paint. He gets to the line. You know, he shoots the midi well. He shoots the floater well. That's all well. That's great. But some guys lose interest if they're standing in the corner for too long, and then maybe that will affect them defensively. So draw up some plays, make some great passes, find the open man, cut to the basket, you know, get some easy shots, get some layups, and and maybe that will help the team. You know, there's know. there's one person that kind of spoke up, kind of, not really, didn't say Tom Thibodeau, so can't really give you that, right? But he did say that he wished he had more, like paraphrasing here, he wished he was more involved in the offense. That was Mitchell Robinson. Uh, kind of tweeted out, well, he yeah. can only do so much because he's only allowed to do so much, right? So, I mean, that is talking about a coach because the coach draws up the plays. And if yeah. he draws no plays up for you besides go out there and rebound and pass the ball out, I mean, somebody don't think that's fun basketball. And he might not like that basketball. He might want to shoot a damn three. But yeah. Tom Thibodeau's not going to let him shoot that three, though. Yeah. So. Have we seen Mitch shoot a hook or a midi at any time, any point in his career? Uh, I mean, yeah, you'd have to go back to it. Maybe he tried it, but, like, he, I, not at a consistent clip at all, probably. Not and that doesn't look good. Doesn't look good. And maybe he can develop into that, but that's just not his game. I wouldn't want him doing that either. You know, uh, we know that Hartenstein's midi is is pretty good or his floater is pretty good, right? That he doesn't have offensive plays drawn up for him, but he can score the ball a little bit better. He gets some offensive rebounds every now and again. Everybody has a role on a team. I don't think Mitchell Robinson, although we see the videos of him in a high school gym over the summer, you know, he goes straight, he drives the car onto the basketball court and he shoots it, you know, he's shooting threes and stuff like that. But, you know, his offensive game in the game, it doesn't look good, at, at least to me. And again, I have an untrained eye, but I don't, I wouldn't draw a place for you either. Maybe, you know, he's a lob threat. And that's not to say that that's all he's going to be, but that's where he's best at. So I would like to see him do that, you know, all the time, of course. One thing that I saw that I liked a lot last night, and to your point, that's right. His offensive game has been limited. I mean, given the seasons that we saw, I mean, he hasn't done RJ's, much. RJ's offensive bag is better than Mitch's. So we'll <laughs> that's <see>. terrible. <laughs> Why would you have to say that? Oh, man, that's a double negative. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know where I was going no more. I lost my train of thought. That shit hurt me. That hit my heart so hard. Damn. All right, you know what? Let's just go up. Why is Obi locked up like a rat, man? Why is he only playing 14 to 18 minutes? Is it really because you're thinking it's really because of the fact that his defense is just not there and Randall's that much better of a player than him? Because I get if you're looking at it on paper, of course, Randall is the better player as of right now. But my thing is, how do you know what Obi is if you don't play him enough to see it? I mean, can you really develop and understand talent if you play it 18 minutes or less a night? Because I don't feel like you can. He sees it more than we do, right? We only see the games. He sees, and and again, not defending Tibbs, but he sees them a lot more. Me, last night, I saw Obi miss a defensive assignment, right? And he doesn't rebound the ball great. Although he's been better this year, I, I think he's made, you know, an improvement in that area. But he missed a defensive assignment 
and I'm sure he missed more than what I saw, but really bad. He, he was getting back on, on defense, and it, was, it wasn't even in transition. I believe it was after a made basket, and yeah. he had a communication issue, and he got out late to a three-point shooter, and the guy made the shot, right? So, and I don't know if he got pulled uh, immediately after that, but I know I would have been frustrated, right? Because you should know your defensive assignment. You should know what's going on. And maybe the game will slow down for him in a couple of years where he's able to understand better. But right now, he has a lot of lapses on defense um, and in some critical moments in the game. So I can understand it. I was there for, the, for, the, for his 40 ball last year. You oh, know, yeah. you saw him go crazy. You know, offensively, he's, you know, he was the top player in, in college basketball, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and led the, the country in scoring. So he's a good basketball player offensively. It's just with the, the Knicks need every guy to do everything right on every play in order to, for them to be successful because yeah. they don't have a guy that's going to bail them out, right? So they have to have everybody on, at full tilt in order for them to win games. So those little things, those little mistakes may not be a big deal to us, but it is a big deal in the grand scheme of things. If you have too many of those, you lose by way more than you should be. And I'm not defending Tibbs, and I would love to see Obi play 30 minutes a game because he's dynamic and he brings energy. And the guy, you can see the game change when he gets in the game. He's running down the court and the momentum changes. And guys are like, yeah, you know, get the ball to Obi and, and let's rock. Even last night, Obi got a rebound, dribbled up the court, passed it to Cam, and got it, got it back. Yeah, right back and yeah. Shot the three. And that was a critical point in the game. And that was exciting to see. That's the kind of that's the level of play he brings. But far too many times he he misses a defensive assignment, doesn't go after rebounds. So I think that's what the issue is. I can I can make that argument for a couple of other players as well, too. And of course, the missing defensive assignments. I get that he's more of a rookie and those other players probably provide a lot more in the offensive end. That's why they probably stay in longer than the defensive end. Like, for instance, Jalen Brunson. For instance, can get shot over by anybody. However, he takes charges like nobody's business, right? Correct. So Correct. Yeah, at the end of the day, he plays physical and he plays with grit and you yeah. know hustle and intensity. That's what you want from your point guard, especially if he's small. So you know, and his size to me, I've not even seen it because uh, he plays well beyond his size. He looks taller. He plays taller than he is, yeah. and um, it's great to see that because he can play underneath. His mid range is killer. He's up there with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, in my opinion, or Kevin Durant, whoever you want to call the best mid rangers. He's up there with him because yeah, he's just. For sure. He's phenomenal with that. Uh, before I let you go here, Lee, I just got to preview this Dallas game with you because I'm fucking scared out of my friggin' mind. <laughs> Luka Doncic just destroyed the Warriors with a triple-double, dropped 41 points on their head, beat them 116 to 113. What a game that was. I was, out of, I was out of my mind, first of all. And then I knew he was coming. He was coming to Saturday to the Garden. 12.30 game, by the way. Uh, so it's going to be an afternoon game, so... Uh, if they cook, if he cooks us in the afternoon, my entire day is going to be ruined because I can't do nothing else. You know how it is. You know exactly how it is. When the afternoon game plays and they get smoked, it's just not a fun day for the, for the rest of the day. So what are your expectations with this Knicks team going against Dallas? And again, Dallas hasn't been very, very strong this year. But that one specific player makes all the difference. Luka Magic is real. Let me ask you this. What's since Luka has been with the Mavs? What's their record against the Knicks? 
Have they lost? I don't think they've lost, right? I don't think the Knicks have lost, right? Yeah. So you let Luca do what Luca does. You can't let the other guys beat you. And I'm sure uh, the same way Tibbs game plan for Giannis, right? Because we saw Grayson Allen hit that three, but Connaughton didn't go crazy. That's right. Grayson Allen hit a couple of shots. He was getting to the basket. There was a couple of blow-bys on his defender. Um, yep. But he, you didn't have other guys going crazy. Drew did what he does, right? So I think the plan is to... Luca's going to do what he does, right? Let him do all of that. Make sure the other guys don't kill you. Let's not have... I don't know if Tim Hardaway Jr. is playing. Let's yes. not have him come in and have a big game. Let's not have... Bullock come in and have a big game. You know, let's not let Christian Wood go crazy because him and Julius is going to be a little bit of a matchup, right? Yeah. Let's let's not let those guys go crazy, and I think we'll be okay. Maybe uh, I, is Frank Nilakina still with him? I think so, yeah. Maybe we can get him on our side for let's not let Kemba Walker go crazy, you know, in his return. Oh, no, I hope he's not playing, man. He just got signed. He needs, he needs like, four four weeks for his knees to heal up. What are you talking about? He's not playing yet. Yeah, his knee's been healing for, like, six months. So <laughs> I hope he's not going to put up a 40-burger on us. But Ooh. let the just don't let the other guys kill you. I think Tibbs is going to draw up a good game plan. Yeah. Of course, Luka's going to be what he is. But just, just don't let the other guys beat you, and I think they'll be okay. Really, the key to success for me, and you know, maybe you agree, maybe you don't. Uh, it, three point uh, defending and obviously making those threes. Yes. You got to make the threes, but more importantly, defending the three is so important because this team is not a great team. But if you let them shoot, they'll be a great team because they have shooters. Hardaway's a shooter. Luka Doncic can shoot. Christian Wood can even shoot. I yeah. mean, they have shooters on this squad. Spencer, I think Spencer Dinwiddie's with them as Spencer well too. Spencer Dinwiddie, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's going. He's balling. He can also shoot. So, I mean, and he hates playing against the Knicks. So he always comes against, you know, turns out yeah. against us. And oh, they have yeah. former Knicks players, like you said, who all want to prove a point. And if they yeah. play, they're going to want to prove a point in the garden at noon with all eyes watching. And every and they know if they beat the Knicks, everybody's going to go on unhappy. And that's what they want to do. They want to yeah. make everybody unhappy. And Luka Doncic is the man to do it because if anybody hasn't been following this guy's season, if he ever came in shape before, I feel like this is exactly what he's would been doing the entire time. He's been dominating, decimating teams, but he get he proves it though. You yeah. cannot do it alone. Right. He needs somebody else because he Correct. can do. He can ball. He's balled out, and they barely beat the Warriors by three points. They barely beat him. Yeah. And he yeah. had to kill himself for that game. So remember, Luka Doncic with all the magic he has, only one person. He's human. He cannot do it himself. So I agree with Lee a lot. I think pairing, thinking about the Knicks like destroying them and getting another star and trading all these things away. It could work because we've seen it work for some teams. But this is the Knicks. A lot of things that we do don't ever pan out. So I'm very <laughs> hesitant to say that if we do it now, it's going to work. Um, yeah. So that's just, my, that's just my take on it. I, I feel like if you defend the three, you make your free throws. You, uh, you, def you make sure you make the threes that are open. I know it's hard to say that. I know I'm asking a lot to make your open threes. But, I mean, please just make your open threes if you're going to yeah. shoot one or yeah. pass it for a better ball. For, for uh you know for a better uh, shot and that's another yeah. thing my last thing assists you had 31 against Detroit that's why you won you had 18 against the Bucks you're yeah. not gonna win with not passing yeah. the ball you yeah. gotta pass the ball you can't play one on one you gotta pass the ball hit your open threes if they're not falling go to the basket hit your free throws 
right? It doesn't, we don't have to overcomplicate it, man. Move the ball. That's the one thing that I can't stand about this offense. They don't move the ball. But here's one thing I will say. Uh, Jalen Brunson wants to prove to his old team that they messed up. So he's going to come in if he's not hurt because he looks like he's, you know, ever since uh, the dude from OKC fell on him and yeah. then he twisted his ankle yesterday, is he's been kind of moving around gingerly. But he wants, he has something to prove too. And, you know, these guys are going to, he, he gets that team riled up. These guys are going to play hard for him so that he can prove to his former team that they messed up. So I think that's another thing to watch out for. I hope Jalen Brunson drops a 40-piece. I hope we win like that. I hope I can come on Nick's faces and Twitter and just shout Jalen Brunson, point guard, can't believe it, love him, city's yours, give him the keys. i love to say all of that. I hope I can say it. I pray to God I can say it. And, Lee, if I can, I'll definitely message you. But before we go here, Lee, thank you so much for joining the show. Please do not forget his show is tonight. And if you don't want to miss this, man, you got to go to at Leo Valentine on Twitter. You see it on the screen right now. Go to his link tree. Pray to God you got tickets remaining. Get your tickets. Bring your lady or your fella if you're, if you're a lady buying the tickets. Whatever you want. Buy it. Go to the show. Watch it. And I guarantee Lee's going to call you out. But that's another story. And, and uh, it's going to be a fun one. I promise you. But Lee, thank you so much for joining us. Thank today, you, man. brother. This great. was great, man. I appreciate you. Shout out to make sure you guys subscribe to the channel, man. And hit that notification bell so you can be notified anytime he has a superstar on the show. Let's go. There you go. There you go. That's what I'm talking about right there. Yeah, appreciate you too. And again, Nick fans, like you said, don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us. But until next time, peace out, guys. Go next. Listen to new episodes of The Knicks Recap, streaming every Friday.